Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Listen, it's Friday and that can mean only one thing. It is the weekend and... I got to catch up with my man, I guess, because he's got the radio voice. <laughs> Grant Money Mona. Grant, I teased you about being on three times last week. At some point, my brother, I'm going to pass the torch on to you. You, uh, <laughs> you are the master at this. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I appreciate all the good words. Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm, I, look, uh, anytime I get to be on, on a show like this, I'm, uh, I'm grateful. So, uh, I'm ready to go. I know it's going to be another probably crazy weekend in sports. So, uh, I'm ready for that as well. But yeah, it's good to see you guys. You too. Let's, let's go around the dial just because you're so connected with sports in Los Angeles. You'll, you'll be on, by the way, with our friends in Las Vegas and, uh, you know, uh, as your role with the Sporting Tribune increases. Uh, let's first start real quick, kind of touch on the Clippers before we c- c- go on. Um, do you think too much is being made? And again, we, we've, we've touched on it following game one, following game two. Like I said, I, I was in New York. I'm in New York. First two games. It's just two games, but as this team progresses, again, they had two more uh, games on this road trip before they come back home, and I, and I really believe the significance of them coming home is really big because the storyline, and this is not so much a basketball thing, but when you drive around town and you look at the billboards and it's Los Angeles bred, Los Angeles born and all that. And it's, you know, like it is the greatest collection of Los Angeles born players in league history. That goes without saying. It's not even debatable. It's not even close. Uh, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi. Um, as you look at them, as they finish out this road trip, coming back home again, one one game back home against Memphis, and they go back on the road to play Denver. Um, touch on that. I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing the reception, and I think it will be fantastic. I think it'll be sold out. I think it'll be good. But um, your thoughts on the reception this team will get? So let's just let's just say if they lose their third straight road game. Uh, uh, what will the reception be when this team comes back home? I think it'll still be good just because it'll be the first game that James Harden plays at crypto.com arena. Um, this team desperately needs to get home. It's much like the Lakers are yeah. like, you, you know, like the Lakers need to get back home and just get back to sleeping in their own bed and going to their own facilities. Uh, that's what some teams need. And both LA teams are like that right now, but the Clippers, I think just more of the fact is that 
you know, you have four guys that are from the LA area, I guess you could say LA County, whatever you want to say, exactly. SoCal. Yeah. And I think that fans really respect that. Now, I went to Russell Westbrook's debut last year um, against the Kings, and it was a home game, and it was, you know, right after the All-Star break, and the fans went crazy for Russell Westbrook. And th- this was coming off of a season filled with turmoil for Russell Westbrook, a-, a guy that was seen in a negative light, much like James Harden is right now. I mean, the Clippers if you look around media right now all you're seeing is oh it's not going to work it's not going to get together they're not going to do this they're going to be a playing team they're not even going to make the playoffs trust me i know it sounds crazy but i've seen it around media that's kind of the reception from the media but from the fans i think you can see the excitement i mean i'm in a, a bunch of clipper group chats i mean yeah. you know i'm on social media you know constantly so i see how the fans really feel and a lot of fans really wanted james harden so i think seeing him at home at crypto.com arena in a clipper uniform it's still going to be energetic this is still a team that has plenty of talent anytime a team has as much talent as the clippers do and you play the first home game it's much like that first game that you went to against the Knicks. There was a buzz. There was like an aura around the stadium. I think that's the same thing that's going to happen with with, with, uh, the Clippers here at home because when you have that much talent, I don't care if they're losing. If you have that much talent, look, they're basically all Hall of Famers. If you put that on one team, fans are going to be excited. Uh, Grant, what have what have the, those group chats been, uh, chats been like following uh, the first two games in New York? Again, you're very well well connected to the fan base, and I know it's very knee-jerk following a tough loss, but I think the Brooklyn loss was obviously worse than the New York Knicks loss just because of the the way that, that they couldn't score and they looked very disjointed. Um, what is the uh, state of Clippers fandom right now? Yeah, I, I follow basically everybody on Clippers Twitter, yeah. all the Clippers media members, you know, I, a lot of fans, you know, the, the pages. So, you know, I'm in a group chat with a bunch of people, even Clipper fans from the UK. And what they're talking about is that this feels a little bit like last year. And that's not a good thing, right? Mm. You know, you get James Harden. Everyone was excited about James Harden. Oh, we finally got him. You know, I don't care what we gave up. We finally got James Harden. And now that excitement is a little bit soured now that Mason Plumlee is hurt. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, hardcore and diehard Clipper fans know how important a backup big is to this team. And when he went down and there's rumors now of the Clippers getting Daniel Tice, a lot of the fans were like, oh my God, no, wrong signing. The bad this bad that and a lot of the hype and excitement has soured a little bit in terms of oh my god here we go again another bad start another rough start it feels just like last year but then there's also you know a a contingent of fans that are just like look this is a process we wanted Harden we knew what we were getting into and this is what is going to happen when you get a guy this early in the season so there's a there's like a half and half it's kind of 50 50 right now because and and I get it because it's really questionable right now if it's going to work or not like you said and like I've said it's only two games in so I can't really say a lot about it but the fans are still excited they're still excited to see James Harden work with this team I think that's the thing is that there's a little bit longer of a leash right now with Clipper fans and James Harden than there is with the Sixer fans and the Nets fans or whoever James Harden left in the past just because he's a SoCal's he's SoCal's own and I think that Clipper fans are kind of embracing him a little bit more giving him a little bit more of a leash as, as well as the guys around him so that's kind of what I've seen I, I'm kind of surprised because I, I thought a lot of Clipper fans would be against the trade just because he traded away fan favorites but it looks like they're kind of embracing him with with open arms. 
Brian, I did not think that I would be bringing up a Cal State Bakersfield USC basketball <laughs> question this early in the season. Uh, but this is incredible. And as someone who, again, uh, just I don't even know if I've told, told you this, you know, my, my uh, first semester at USC, I covered uh, Brian Scalabrini, Sam, mm. uh, Sam Clancy, Brandon Granfield, David Bluthenthal, that USC team that went to the Elite Eight. Um, I love hoops. I love college basketball. I love high school hoops. I, I, I love all kinds of basketball. Uh, what happened in USC last night as they defeated Cal State Bakersfield was amazing because it really wasn't the score of the game because really who, who cares about that? Yeah. The Galen Center was sold out, my friend. Yeah. Galen Center was sold out and there was a line out the door around the block for the student section. Uh, they sold out that place for Cal State Bakersfield USC, which uh, really has me excited. Um, hate to put you on the spot because, again, as I, I, I said, Grant, we're going to talk about all these things. I'm, I'm like looking at some of these pictures of all these kids around the block for, to watch USC basketball. And I get, by the way, this is only going to increase. I mean, they right. know Bronny James is not uh, playing. They know LeBron James is not going to be there. Both of those things will happen at this point this season. Bronny mm -hmm. James will be back. LeBron James will be courtside at a game at some point. By the way, Chris Rock courtside. Like, wow. like I mean, like, uh, your thoughts on USC hoops right now? Yeah, it's not just the men's, but the women's, too. I yeah. feel like there's a lot of hype with both. And Isaiah Collier has looked like the truth. I mean, he had 19 points last night. Um, you know, the, the Trojans are 2-0. and I mean, that that's the biggest thing. I know they're playing a team like Cal State Bakersfield and say what you want about the opponents. But to see a team like this dominate, it's much, you know, I, can, I know I relate a lot of things to the Clippers and Rams and Dodgers, but that's just what I do. Yeah. I related a lot to what the Clippers did in the first couple games of the season, where I don't care what the opponent is. Let's go beat them. And that's what USC's doing right now. I know they lost Johnson to, I don't know what kind of injury it was because it looked like, it was. they said it was like undisclosed, so I hope everything's okay there. But in terms of this USC team, it's not just you know Isaiah Collier. It's, it's guys around the edges. And like you said, Galen Center was hopping last night and you know, for good reason. There's a lot of hype around this team. Look, even when they get Bronny James back, which, like you said, I think they will get him back. I know there's been a lot of momentum towards that. Um, this team and both and the women's team as well, they're kicking butt right now. And I I can see myself going to about three or four USC basketball go. games because, you know, in the past, I wasn't really much of a college basketball fan, but the hype around this program not just the basketball teams but the football i know the football team has been a little bit of a disappointment but there's a lot of hype around yeah. usc athletics so it's good to see usc jump on the basketball train and be like a basketball program again i know that they were good in the in years past but to see them build this hype and this momentum and then you can also get Bronny james back who was projected to be a first round pick you know before he had that that heart issue that is a good sign for USC athletics. I know that the football team is in turmoil. Maybe that's why everyone came out of options because they're so disappointed with the football team <laughs> that they right. wanted to see a really good team play. So, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to see the rest of the season for both of the teams. So the Rams are off. Uh, so I do want to switch gears to the Chargers and get your thoughts on this upcoming Sunday's game. 
against Detroit, uh, because this is a very herky-jerky team in terms of the fact that they begin the season with two losses, they win two games, lose two games, win two games. They, they, they're going back and forth. So now, uh, Grant, they, they've won two games, and the concern is, are they going to lose two games again? They uh, play the Detroit Lions on Sunday at SoFi Stadium before they go on the road to play the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you know, what do they have to do to not fall into the previous kind of uh, uh, hole here and following a two-game winning streak, lose two straight, and how critical, again, they're four and four, how critical is this stretch right now? It's very critical. Anytime you're around this point, which is the midway point of the NFL season, um, you need to rack up as many wins as possible. And especially, I mean, this is a good team that's coming in in Detroit. I mean, let's, let's not get, this is not the same Detroit Lions that we've seen in the past. This is a team that can run the football. They have Jared Goff who can pass the football. Trust me. I know I'm a Rams fan. Trust (laughs) me. Throw that thing still. Yeah. Uh, And the Chargers look. For for as much as we say about the Chargers, and as much as we, you know, think that they're a, a team that underperforms, four and four really isn't that bad. No, and you know, you know, for a team that we thought would maybe be two and five at this point, just judging by the way they played, they're starting to get a little bit together. I know you can kind of point to a few games here and there. You know, there's spurts that I see from this Chargers team where I'm like, wow, there's that Justin Herbert that I saw, or wow, there's that defense that I saw. And, you know, whenever you're playing, or like I said, around this time, the Chiefs, they're not playing as well as I thought they were going to be playing. And I know that there are a few games ahead and the Chargers are a few games back, but I've seen teams go on runs look at what the jaguars did in the afc last year they went on a run around this time towards the end of the season to kind of put themselves into in position to get that playoff spot the chargers look i i know there's a you know a lot of people that are soured on them but i think that if you go on a run and the chargers have the talent still that's what's so frustrating i feel like with fans is that there's so much talent on this roster and for them to just put it together i just want to i know i'm going to relate this to clippers again just one that's healthy fun. run i just want to see this chargers team yeah. make a healthy run because they have justin herbert austin eckler i know he's been banged up here and there they still have Khalil Mack and Bosa. Um, Derwin James has been playing pretty good too. So, you know, for a team that had Brandon Staley on the hot seat earlier in the season, to see them kind of get it together just a little bit, you always want to put yourself in position to where that that stretch at the end of the year, you have a chance. that In the NFL, as long as you're within two games of that first place, like they are right now with the yeah. Chiefs, or even like two games out of a wild card spot, that's always a good thing. And for a Chargers team that has the ability to make a run, I think that this game right here against the Lions, this is your chance to kind of pinpoint and put your foot down and say, okay, now we're going to make our run. And I know I said that earlier in the year, but there's still so much football left. Like I said about the Rams, there's half yeah. of a season left. It's not over yet at all. And I think Charger fans kind of have to realize that a little bit because they're much like Laker and Clipper fans where you get a little bit too hot about it. So there is still time for them. Great. I-, I wanted to get your thoughts because as a Rams fan, you know, when they selected, by the way, this is like the last time the Grant that, that the Rams had a, a, a first round pick. They had the first overall pick in the draft. And the question at that time period was, is what quarterback are you going to select? Are you, you going to select Jared Goff or Carson Wentz? And they selected Jared Goff. And by the way, great pick. Uh, they, he led them to a Super Bowl, uh, had a falling out or whatever you want to say with Sean McVay. But at the end of the day, those two teamed up to get this team to the Super Bowl and they lost to the New England Patriots. No shame in that. Uh, 
your thoughts as a Rams fan, remembering those conversations and remembering sort of like the, you know, give and take, you know, before Carson Wentz went down with Philadelphia, there was like all like, like that, that was the guy, like, like Carson Wentz was the guy. So anyway, Carson Wentz gets signed by the Los Angeles Rams. They got a bye week. Um, I, I guess the two part question, your thoughts on the signing, but B, I just have this un, and again, the hope is that Stafford will be back. But when you look at what the Rams and Sean McVay did with Baker Mayfield last year in, in literally a couple of days, uh, and really got him a starting job, you know, it, it, it's really incredible. And I, I'm not saying that, um, the Rams haven't struggled in part because of coaching, but Sean McVay is still one of the elite coaches in the league. But again, your thoughts, long-winded way of me asking, of Carson Wentz being signed by the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Arash, all those things you said are, are right on right on the head, but what, I kinda, I'm, what I'm thinking of is why didn't they do this sooner? Because yeah, if they would have done no, this just maybe two weeks ago, Great they would point. be four and five, and they would have beat the Packers because the main issue with that Packers game was the quarterback position. So to see Carson Wentz sign him, there are you know, a few you know, media people saying that they should have signed him week one, and I kind of agree with that too. Mm-hmm. You always want a solid backup, especially when there are questions about an aging quarterback's health and Matthew Stafford in an offensive line. I was kind of surprised why they didn't go out and get a veteran backup sooner. So to see it happen now, yes, thank God they finally got a good backup <laughs> quarterback because Brett Ripien, I know they did, they just waved him. He did not look that good in his game yeah. against the Packers. Um, but you, but that's, that was all they had. So they kind of had to do it. What's crazy for me, Arash, is that they drafted Jared Goff and Carson Wentz was MVP in 2018. Well, he right. was on his way to get yeah, MVP. Exactly. He won the Super Bowl that year, but it was Nick Foles. So then the guy that the Rams drafted, they trade him to the Lions for Matthew Stafford. And now <laughs> the guy that they were gonna draft, Carson Wentz, is now the backup for Matthew Stafford. So That's I don't amazing. know. It's not a it's not a full circle. It's like a, a pear shaped. Like there is something that happened there <laughs> where now it's it's all come together, I guess you could say. It's kind of crazy how the NFL works because it can happen like that. Um, but it, one last thing about Carson Wentz is that I don't know if this is a thing where they start him now or mm. because maybe they think that Stafford isn't really as healthy oh, as they think. You know, and I think that's maybe why they signed him because they would have just kept Brett Ripien if Matthew Stafford was healthy and healthy enough because you could just say, hey, go in there and play. But now I'm kind of thinking maybe they're going to play Carson Wentz, let him learn the playbook a couple weeks, let Matthew Stafford heal up 100% as opposed to playing him 80, 85 and play Carson Wentz against the Seattle Seahawks after the bye? I don't know. Um, It's kind of a questionable signing right now. Like I said, they should have done it before, but I am very glad as a Rams fan to see a quality backup quarterback. Just remember, this guy two years ago had stats comparable to Matthew Stafford. So, um, you know, this is is a guy that has done it. I mean, I know there's a lot of souring on his ability and his talent, but he has done it just two years ago when Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl. That same year, Carson once I think had better regular season stats than Matthew Stafford so if you can get that Sean McVay magic that you pulled on Baker Mayfield and mm. do it for Carson Wentz 
I'm all in because I had a lot of fun in that later half of the year with Baker Mayfield last year. So exactly. Wait, wait, and you also had a Baker Mayfield jersey, I think, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have a Cleveland one actually. <laughs> Cleveland one. My, my, half of my family's from Cleveland, I so they got that. me a, a Browns Baker Mayfield. Jersey. So of course I wore it after they went on to, <laughs> to right. you know play the Raiders and went on that comeback. So yeah, I do. Um, real quick, the last uh, 90 seconds with you before we uh, close out this first segment. Uh, Caleb Williams going into this Saturday's game with Eugene. What do you need to see from him? Again, just put on your scout hat. Not, I'm not talking about USC, whether they win or lose. But like as a scout, if you're like at Eugene and you're scouting that, that game, what do you need for, from Caleb if you're like, this is our guy. This is our franchise number one pick. I need to see the emotional part of it. I need to see the mental part of it because I know that the physical part is there. And now there's a lot of talk everywhere that his emotions get the best of him. And he was crying in the stands. And I understand it because I've been an athlete and I know how much those losses hurt. But if I'm an NFL scout, that's probably what they're looking at is like, hey, how does this guy handle the pressure of one of the most toxic environments in all of college football, the most ruckus crowd? That's what I'd be looking because look, we all know Caleb Williams has the talent physically. I think from here, the last two games of this, I guess, regular season, I don't know where they'll go after this, mm. but I think they're just looking at his emotions. Are they going to get the best of him? Can he keep his calm and his cool? So that's what I would look for as a scout. Great. You bring up a good point. You know, when there was this talk about, about him not playing out the season, I said, he'll play out the regular season. Yeah. I have no delusions of grandeur, and I wouldn't knock him if he doesn't want to play in the um, Holiday Bowl or the Rob Gronkowski, like, Kelly mm-hmm. Bowl. Like, I get that. Like, that's not part of the season. But he will finish out the season. He will be in Eugene. He will be at the Coliseum, his last game at the Coliseum to play UCLA. Uh, Grant, we're going to have you back on with your good friend, uh, Brandon Deutsch. We're going to recreate uh, Baller Sports Dialogue uh, when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio time there's nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go back out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and joining us now, the host of Baller Sports Dialogue. It's Brandon Deutsch, it's Grant Mona. Gentlemen, Grant, you were with us in the first segment. Uh, Brandon, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. 
hoping the hoping uh hoping the Niners can get uh can cover against the Jags on Sunday. <laughs> I never thought it'd come to this, Arash, but uh, after the Cowboys win, but I mean it's just a struggle for them to beat anybody right now. I mean, I mean literally, like when you guys beat the Cowboys, I thought like like this season was a wrap, but uh, that shows how maybe good they were that particular week and how bad the Cowboys were. But we'll see how this season plays out. Um, all right, let, let me throw out a, a, a topic for the Baller Sports Dialogue crew. So I'll, I'm going to let Brandon go first, but I'll let uh, Grant chime in as well. So the Los Angeles Angels fi- finally hired a m- manager, a very significant hire here, because obviously this is a very significant offseason where Shohei Otani could uh, sign somewhere else. He could come back. He, he could go somewhere else. Also, Mike Trout is kind of thought of as, you know, is he going to come back? Is he going to demand a trade? So they went with Ron Washington. Uh, Listen, amazing credentials led Texas to the World Series. Uh, Literally, David Freeze at that away for maybe winning that World Series. Did win a World Series as a third base coach with Atlanta. Brandon, your thoughts on the hire? Yeah, I like it for what for what they where they are. I know Grant may have a difference of opinion on this, but I just think at the end of the day, he he can coach Moxie. I think that's important with this team. This is a team that's going to need to be scrappy to win baseball games. They're not going to have the superstar anymore, Otani. I mean, is there like what plus fifteen hundred to re-sign him right now? I think the Dodgers are minus odds, and everyone else is like either plus five hundred or above. And the Angels are nowhere close. I think it's a foregone conclusion he's gone. Just a matter of time. And at that point, you have a bunch of young guys. Um, defensively, I think they were ranked 28 metrically. Grant can attest. I mean, Grant was an excellent shortstop, so he can attest to this. I mean, they Neto's great, but I think he needs work as well. Uh, you know, he showed some gold glove stuff earlier in the year. And then later on in the year, he struggled with some errors. I think he was hurt. Same thing at second base. Rangifo definitely needs some work. I think Ron Washington will help him. But they have a good enough core to compete. And I think at the end of the day, they wanted a guy that can okay when it's when it's one to one in the eighth inning nevin would make bad managerial decisions that would cost them games great guy but did not manage well last year especially in close games they want a guy that can instill moxie into the dugout and say look let's go win a close game we're going to be that scrappy team we don't want this persona of two superstars trout otani anymore we want to be that team like the rays like just going to just grab you know, grab you by the throat when you're up by a run, and we're going to win the game. You know, that's I feel like why they made that hire. I think it's important if they still want to compete, and as long as Marino is the owner, they're going to want to compete. Whether they can do that or not, it's beyond me. But at least they're going to try, and I think he's the right guy to make it to make yeah, them so, try. Uh, yeah, because I was going to ask you if if Otani is now, I guess we can say gone. What is the off season? move now do you go in on veterans do you just go in on some like guys here and there like sign like a guy like they had matt matt duffy just guys that like fill some spot you know guys around the edges do they do that or do they go after big free agents because look they're gonna have cap space right if you don't have otani do they trade trout do they trade rendon do they just go full rebuild because I feel like when you sign Ron Washington, that's kind of signaling to the team like, hey, we're still trying to compete. I don't care if a guy leaves. We're still trying to go for it because, like you said, they still have a good core. They have a hoppy. They have, you know, Neto. They have some guys that you can look at and say, okay, well, this guy's pretty good. He had a pretty good half of the year, whatever it may be. 
what's their off-season move or what would you do i guess i should say what would you do if you're the gm of the angels right now if you if you know otani's gone well as long look when you're the gm of the angels there's very few things you can do without Artie moreno's approval so you know you never <laughs> can really true. do your job unless Artie really i mean and Artie's gone done a better job letting perry do what he needs to do over the past few years i think perry's a, a good gm i just think you know a lot of unfortunate things have happened the first thing I, I mean they have a lot of things to work on right they need starting pitching they need relief pitching they need an extra bat if they're losing otani so they got a multitude of things to figure out but we said the same thing about the rangers uh last offseason now this was an offseason they were going into another losing season the previous year before that 100 plus game lot losing season and the owner was just like Screw it. Let's give Bruce whatever he wants to come back and manage. Now, of course, the Angels didn't do that. I mean, I don't think Artie can afford that considering he's paying rent down all that money and all that. But the blank checks work. And that's what happened with the Rangers. DeGrom, I mean, DeGrom had something in his contract where if he got Tommy John, he'd get paid more because he knew he was going to get Tommy John again. I mean, how crazy that is. But that's how they got him, by the way. One of the weirdest contracts. Yes. Have you ever looked that up? People listening, you got to look that up. It's pretty funny. Um, but again, they literally just signed a bunch of big name guys, Corey Seager, previous off season, right? Marcus Simeon. And that didn't come to fruition for another year. Um, the division is only getting better. I think instead of look, you got to spend money, you're going to have money, but I think getting guys like a Montgomery and John Gray, more mm -hmm. so than just a one ace you know, getting both Montgomery and gray or two of those, you know, middle the upper tier guys instead of a superstar like they don't need super like they need depth depth is what wins utah look at the rangers they brought up young guys i know they have a few superstars but evan carter is from the minors homegrown brought him up he was instrumental i mean their outfielders Tavares didn't even play and he was hitting about 290 the whole year so i mean that's one of those things where you need depth look at the dodgers say what you want about them in the playoffs when the whole year, they always have guys stepping up. Outman this year stepped up. We saw part of that glimpse of that last year. Next year, they'll have a guy out of nowhere that steps up. They need to put a lot of resources. Um, and I, Ron is not going to change that. And perhaps it doesn't change if, unless Artie ever sells the team. But they need to put more resources into homegrown players in the farm system. That's the number one way we look at all the World Series champions. Say what you want about the Dodgers and the way they spend money. Farm system. But to answer your question, in, in the short term, two really good starters in a bat is kind of the ideal offseason for the Angels. All right, let me uh, get both of your guys' thoughts on this. And I, I, I'm going to throw out a team. And uh, Brandon, you're going to go first just because we haven't had you on this week. The Lakers. Uh, so the Lakers and Clippers are both struggling in their own respective ways. The Lakers are not healthy. They have also... Um, not been able to find a way to win away from home. But Brandon, as uh, two guys who grew up as Lakers fans, there's no excuse for losing by over 30 points to Houston. So for the Lakers fans out there dri driving around Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii, uh, what can you say about the way this team is performing right now? It's early. Um, again, I, I know we don't want to talk about that because last year's two and ten and Laker, <laughs> the Laker faithful is probably getting very, you know, ham is this, ham is that. And, you know, it's like even I have to check myself sometime like Cam outcoached Steve Kerr in a playoff series. Like we got to give him <laughs> some credit. There are injuries and I think they're more instrumental than a lot of people are giving, you know, really 
leading on. Like Jackson Hayes has been great defensively, even in short minutes. Gabe Vincent's really their only guard who can guard the opposing team's best guard. <laughs> I don't think anybody else can. Vanderbilt's still hurt. Rui came back and has yeah. looked great, and I think he needs more minutes. I, I think it's early, Arash. I mean, you see the impact that Anthony Davis has, even when he's yeah. not playing. We get it. We want him to be consistent on a nightly basis, but when he's not playing, they get bum-rushed by 30. I mean, that's not a coincidence. They had no interior defense. Christian Wood had an off night. It was a, a, a multitude of things just came together at the wrong time. And I think Houston, they were motivated. They're at home. They're a new team. Ime's a good coach, regardless of the off-the-court stuff. You know, he's a great coach. By There's the no way, Brandon, I was thinking of you. I mean, like, he made a Duka. <laughs> I mean, like, again, we're very early in the season, but may, may be coach of the year. I mean, if this continues with Houston, which, by the way, you you called. You said if he can get past this, like, and it, you know, let's not get into it, but the off-the-court <laughs> stuff, he is an amazing coach. Yeah, a lot, a lot of things that we won't get into <laughs> coming out about Amy Adoka and then Nia Long going on Jeezy's podcast and stuff, which we won't, we won't get into. But at the same time, Ime is a great coach. Is, I'm a straight shooter. I'm going to say how it is. And he's already yeah. implementing a good defense. Jabari Smith is an excellent defender. He's making up for Sengun's lack of defense with his initiated offense. I think that shows. I mean, they struggled against the Rockets last year. Jalen Green always turns into you know, the second coming of Jesus against the Lakers. I use that term a lot, but always, he's always putting up 30 or 40 against the Lakers. Hey. If he's in a slump, the Lakers will give him his hot streak. I Brandon, mean, it's one of how, those good, how good would the Lakers be if they had Ibe Aduka as their coach? <laughs> Honestly, maybe, probably not that much better right okay, now with the okay, injuries, but yeah. I, I do think Ham is a good coach. I yes. think he is a little okay. bit better of a coach, but I do think Ham is a good coach, and I think we saw that in that Clippers game where they were able, where he's able to put out that revolutionary crazy three center lineup that actually worked which was like really <laughs> weird um i will say this though everyone's saying to trade d'angelo russell and i know grant's one of those supporters because you know wait I, we gotta think, get grant to chime in after you're done because i, I yeah, don't want to hear this really quickly because he's 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 pro trading russell i'm anti-trading russell for one reason i know he has a movable contract but when i was watching that game against houston who is the only person that could provide offense besides LeBron James on that team? D'Angelo Russell. I know they need defense, but I mean, when you're in a shootout, who are you going to turn to? You trade D'Angelo Russell, you have no offense. Reeves has been struggling. Reddish can't can't hit the broadside of a barn. I hate to say it. Good defender so far this year, but he can't hit. He couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. And that's kind of most of the Lakers. And one of those things, one of the guys who bad first half, but, you know, showed some grit and was like 70% from the floor in the second half, D'Angelo Russell, I, you know, I'm, I'm just saying that's yeah. just my thought on that. I think they'd suffer dramatically unless you can get something in return that, you know, equates his offense with great defense and three point shooting. Uh, Grant, real, real quick, I mean, one of the things that was talked about with this Lakers team is that continuity and D'Angelo was a big part of their uh, playoff run. Again, did not play great in the Western Conference Finals, but the, the, the team got swept. So it's not just on him. Why do you think D'Angelo should be shipped potentially? There's two things. First of all, that contract that he signed is easily tradable. And the Lakers, they do knew, they knew what they were doing signing <laughs> to that kind of deal. Okay. Second of all, 
it's the inconsistency. I mean, we can talk how great he is against the Rockets, but I mentioned to this on our podcast to Brandon, and I pulled up the stats of his game log, and against every good team the Lakers have played so far, D'Angelo Russell has not been good offensively. And when he's not good offensively, there's really no reason for him to be out there. And you saw that in the Denver series last year. That's why they benched him for a lot of the series is because when his shot isn't falling, his defense doesn't make up for it. I will give him credit. His defense has been a lot better this year. He's getting his hands in passing lanes. He's being in the right spots, which is better. But for me, and I brought this name up to Brandon, Malcolm Brogdon. If you can package D'Angelo Russell and say an end of the bench guy, look, the Portland Trailblazers, they don't want to compete this year. They are actually, they're actually playing pretty well. But if you can get rid of Malcolm Brogdon for trade filler, salary filler, if the Lakers can get Malcolm Brogdon, that's an upgrade defensively. And he provides decent amount of the offense that D'Angelo Russell provides because he was the sixth man of the year last year. Yes, he didn't play that well in the, in the playoffs, and that's because he had an elbow injury. He looked good against the Clippers when I watched him with the Blazers <laughs> earlier in the year in the season opener. He's been consistent. I think that would be an upgrade, and that's the guy that I'm looking for. I just think that with D'Angelo Russell, that inconsistency, you can upgrade from that, especially with his contract. You can package him and a few other guys together to upgrade because, like we all know, this isn't like last year where it's just, hey, we got in, yay. This is a, we're all in. We want to win a title now. This yeah. is a team that wants to win a championship in one of LeBron's last years. There's no you know, there's no room for finicking around and, and playing around right now and playing with your food. They want to win a title. So if you can make an upgrade at any position, and I know they're not going to trade Davis or LeBron, but if you can make an, an upgrade at any position, why not try it? 100%. Let me get Brandon's thoughts on the Clippers just because, Grant, we were talking about them uh, through the, these uh, first two games in New York, lost to the Knicks, lost to the Nets. Brandon, it's early, but uh, so far this, uh, you know, two games uh, with James Harden, the offense looks disjointed. It's not consistent. Ty Lue says he's going to give it 10 games. Grant says that's too many games. I mean, if, if, if things are, are not going in the right direction after five, you know, let's, let's do something. Uh, what have you seen so far? Um, <laughs> simil- I, perhaps, even, pro- not perhaps, worse than the Lakers offensively. And I think, you know, Grant was the first person to say this, and I agreed with him on our on Baller Sports Dialogue, was that Harden and Westbrook cannot coexist on the court. I mean, it's just plain and simple. They both need the ball in their hands. Westbrook is, he's good when he has the ball in his hands, but he's not a three-point shooter, not a spot-up three-point shooter and slasher. That's not just what he does. He needs the ball there. And Harden's excellent with shooters around him. We saw that in Philly even, um, you know, pick and roll. He's excellent in. Uh, I think them lacking that big really has affected, you know, them a little bit. They can't really upgrade there because they traded for James Harden, but perhaps a pick and pop with Paul George would help pick and roll with Kawhi. You know, I mean, Kawhi, a pick and roll. I know it sounds crazy saying that, but I mean, Harden excels in the pick and roll and the pick and pop. He just does. He needs to be a great spot up shooter in the corner. He needs to take those corner threes uh, because he's a career, I think, 38% shooter from three. He was like passing up every corner three. And it's like James Harden, you could still shoot. (laughs) Part of it is the rotations, right? I mean, not part of it, all of it. You need Westbrook off the bench. You need to have Norm out there with 
James because Norm is a spot up shooter. That's the perfect player alongside James Harden. You need Norman Powell out there. That's first off. If that's the only switch you make, it's that one in the starting lineup and put Westbrook <laughs> as the six man. But Highland needs to play more because you need that burst of offense, um, especially without Plumley. Uh, you know, for defensive depth. Well, not the fact for both versatility at the center position you're going to need to rely on Terrence Mann and Bones Highland off of the bench more and Kobe Brown is somebody I'd like to see who has versatility and can play multiple positions I think at the end of the day you got to have Westbrook come off the bench I know we had that trial and error with the Lakers it worked for a bit he was traded I really think that needs to happen Grant yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say I didn't mention this to Arash in the, in, in the shows in the past, but I mentioned this to Brandon Arash, and I think this is the best lineup that you can possibly provide right now to get them wins. And that's like Brandon said, Harden at the point, mm-hmm. Norman Powell at the two, then PG Kawhi and Zoo. I think that Russell Westbrook and Harden is just not going to work. And I know it kind of worked in Houston, but that was a different scenario. And then off the bench, I think it should be Russ, Bones, T-Man, Kobe Brown, and then Tucker or whoever you sign. Let me get both of your opinions on this, because before Russell Westbrook um, you know, was traded and the experiment did not work, Brandon, he was the Las Vegas favorite, or like I think kind of up there to win six man of the year. Like he had adapted to that role. And I know he was in a bad spot. And I think the Clippers wanted to placate him so much and want him to feel welcome that they were like, You're 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 not a bench guy, you're not a six man, you're a starter, and all this stuff. And it's like it's very clear that someone needs to be a six man on this team. And it's not a bad, bad thing. Russell did that with the Lakers, and he not only was he good at it, again, he was the Vegas favorite to win sixth man of the year before he got traded. Um, I'll, I'll throw this out to your you two guys before we close out today. Um, can he adapt to that? Because, again, a lot of his time with the Clippers and a lot of the media with the Clippers, and I love them all, ha- ha- has been – you know, how bad was it on the Lakers and how how great is it now? And a part of that is like, you're a starting, you're one of the main guys here. I think if this team is to win a championship, if this team is, is to at least get to the Western Conference Finals and maybe to their first ever finals, one of these guys, and I think most likely Russ, has to be the sixth man. Brandon, you go first. Absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, Russ has always been excellent at bringing um, not I don't want to say bench players, but role players um, up in performing at a higher level, whether that's Highland, man, whatever. And he could do more with the ball in his hands with Kawhi and George on the bench or even staggering those two, but Harden on the bench. I think he'll flourish and he'll be the best bench player in basketball if that happens. Look, all of these guys have said that they want to sacrifice for the better of the team. This is the time to do it. There's no more waiting around. If you're going to do it, do it now. Also, Russell Westbrook, I forgot if, if this is a correct stat or not, but he had like one of the, he had like tied for the most triple doubles off the bench in Lakers history Amazing. last year. He was great as a six man and people would just forget about it. So he has the ability to do it. I think they can make that work and I think it should be the, the lineup. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's okay to make fe- make someone feel welcome, and and I don't want to say placate them because again, I, I, it, it wasn't a good fit. And by the way, like that's okay. Like a lot of a lot of the discussion with Russ is 
how bad were the Lakers to make him feel like, like it wasn't a good fit. And that happens in life, but he is a better fit with the Clippers. I think he would be a fantastic fit leading the second team. And again, I think that is best suited for Russell Westbrook. It could be suited for James Harden as well. What I don't want to see, and Grant will get into this <laughs> next week, I don't want to see Kawhi make any adjustments for like anybody, which we've seen so far. You two are the best. I love you guys. Uh, we will have you back on next week. That is all the time we have for today and this week. Until next week, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.